The Heat were without Jimmy Butler taking on a shorthanded Celtics team at home, and they struggled in the first half as Jason Tatum dominated early, but it was Bam Adebayo's dominant second half that helped carry Miami to yet another narrow victory. Has Bam done enough to assure himself of an all-star selection? We break down his big game and answer listener questions on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. However, you might be tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right. Great win recording this late on a Tuesday night. The Miami Heat, after trailing by as many as 14 points in the second half and 10 points in the fourth quarter, used a 15 to zero push in that fourth quarter to take a late lead and beat the Celtics 98 to 95. We're going to get to big games from Haywood Highsmith. An interesting decision by Eric Spolstra to close the game here in a minute. But the lead story here, it's got to be Bam Adebayo. 30 points. 15 rebounds, nine points and seven rebounds in the fourth quarter, a world-class defensive performance, all on national TV. David, you and I have talked a lot about Bam needing a big moment like this to solidify kind of his national status uh, and, and, and sort of highlight the reputation and kind of get him on that kind of stage. He had that game tonight. Without a doubt. Uh, you were at Miami Dade Arena, so you didn't catch the broadcast, but he was interviewed by TNT's Jared Greenberg after the game and asked whether or not he was going to be an all-star. He kind of deflected it at first. He didn't really want to say too much about it, but then eventually he said, yeah, I deserve to be in Salt Lake City. It's up to the coaches now, but I should be an all-star. To something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it's making the rounds on social media, so it's being tweeted. And it's good for him to put himself out there because if the team isn't going to publicly laud him, and it's not like they're not being supportive necessarily – but they're more concerned, as they tend to do, they are more concerned with winning and establishing their brand of basketball, doing all the little heat culture things that makes this team so unique, rather than promoting individual players or performances. But for Bam to go out there and say, you know what, I, I do deserve it. And he's absolutely right. Phenomenal defensive performance against a guy who's challenged him in the past in Robert Williams. He took on that matchup, evolved over the course of the game, was so aggressive and absolutely dominating that second half, 21 of his 30 points in that second half, including nine in the fourth quarter to help Miami storm back from that 14-point deficit. Phenomenal game from him, and yes, absolutely deserving of an all-star selection. I don't think it's even close, really. Like I, We can debate whether or not Jimmy Butler might be Miami's best player overall, but Bam is more deserving at this point, considering the fact that he's played in more games and he's been so consistently good. His two-way effort, there were moments there, and I don't know if you could notice this from where you were at the arena, but there were moments there, particularly in that second half, where it was pretty apparent that Bam might have been the only player that actually was caring about the outcome of the game. There were so many struggles from so many players. And aside from maybe Haywood Highsmith giving effort late in that fourth quarter, Bam was so consistently engaged in trying to take over the game that it was clear that he really, really wanted to win this game and prove to everybody around the country that he's a deserving all-star. Yeah, sort of the one series that, that to me at least, highlighted Bam's performance tonight midway through that fourth quarter during that 15-0 run that I mentioned before that that took the heat from behind like 10 points to ahead in that fourth quarter. He contests uh, a dunk at the, uh, or he contests a shot, like a little mid-range shot at one end, grabs the ball, goes 
sprints down the court, ignores all of his teammates. That's that sort of new version Bam Adebayo, right? right? Usually too unselfish, too deferential, all this stuff. He's like, nope, not going to you, Max, not going to you, Tyler, don't care. And he goes all the way into the paint and finishes with a dunk with both hands. And I'm like, there it is, man. Like, to your point, like, just taking the game over. He cares. He wants to go out and win this game. You mentioned Jimmy Butler before. Didn't play. Late scratch. Again, something we'll talk about later and, and what you know what's kind of going on there with Jimmy Butler. But the the fact that Jimmy wasn't in that game, and, and when you're talking about who Miami's best player is, availability is part of that. Now, if you want to project forward and say Jimmy Butler's still that guy in the playoffs, you're probably right. Jimmy Butler is that guy in the playoffs. But right now, in the regular season, based on the sample size that we have of this season, I don't think it's disputable that Bam Adebayo is Miami's best player. I, I really, I don't think that there is an argument to be heard that it's Jimmy Butler. He's their leading scorer. He's their best defender. He's their most available player more recently, especially more so than Jimmy Butler. If that's the two guys that you're, that we're talking about here, yeah, he's he's the Miami Heat's best player. And you know what? That's the best case scenario for the Miami. That has nothing to do with Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy Butler, we know, and I've said this over and over again, he's been doing 55 and a 70 all regular season long, and we knew that that was going to happen because that's always what Jimmy Butler does. All right? But before the season, let's let's roll back to the preseason and media day and all this stuff. What did every single player, coach, everybody that talked said, we're going to go as far as Bam Adebayo and to some other, uh, and to another degree, Tyler Hero. As long, those two young players, cornerstones we're gonna go as far as they take us yeah we know what we're getting from jimmy butler in, in the 16 game portion of the season right we we you kind of understand what you're getting from the role players like max Struess and caleb like they only have such a ceiling that they can actually hit bam is the no ceiling guy tyler hero <laughs> is the guy with the all-star potential right they needed those guys to make those leaps and bam tyler's made a leap but bam tonight man 30 and 15 on tnt was the best player on the court. Tatum was the best player in the first half. Bam was the best player for all 48 minutes. And, and, and man, it was loud, and it was evident. And, yeah, he did all the stuff that do, that is not captured in the box score, but he did a whole lot of stuff that was captured in the box score in the most important moments. I, if you're not a Bam believer by now, I don't know what to tell you. Right. I, it's It's been great to see the – the silence from those people who were definitely loud last season talking about, oh, he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to shoot more. He needs to, he's not that good a player. Trade him, put him at the four, et cetera, et cetera. Calling so him much. Yeah. People calling him beta. It's just like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. So much noise about Bam's uh, overall offensive evolution. And here he is just taking over games. Like this was the dream. Like we had no idea that, that he was going to, be this consistent and this aggressive for so long throughout this season and he has absolutely evolved i called him a superstar in my description of the game for locked on network and i i think it, he's there like uh, the fact that he is so good defensively and again we've argued this before probably the best defensive player in the nba if not definitely the defensive best play, defensive player in the nba and for him to be this consistently good on offense sure he's going to struggle what offensive player doesn't even the best scorers still have the problems getting the the the, the, you know, the buckets of drop every once yeah. in a while but Bam was really, really good. And again, taking on Robert Williams, very good defensive player. No Al Horford, we should point out. Look, no Jalen Brown. We would have complicated things. No, no Marcus Jaylen Smart. Brown. Yeah, no Marcus Smart, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Al Horford for the Celtics, no Jimmy Butler for the Heat. So it was a it was sort of a, a joke. Jason Tatum and the Tatumettes tonight for the Celtics. But even the Tatumettes are pretty good. You still got Grant Williams in there. You still got Robert Williams in there. Derek White. Derek White in there. Are you I they put out their starting lineup and you're thinking, oh, like everybody got shorthanded Celtics tonight. And I'm like, they're not shorthanded. 
That's a starting lineup. That's a playoff yeah. team without some of their best players in there. It's a good. That's still a good Celtics team. Grant right, also no, second yeah. night of back to back, but whatever. They haven't lost on the first loss on the second night of back to back all season for the Celtics. Yeah, good point. Very good point. You, and, you and had look, this great tweet though, and I, I want to get to it because uh, you had this stat uh, going back to the assertiveness with Bam. And by the way, I thought some of that was warranted. And Bam said it himself. Like, what was it? Pat Riley said we want him to get 15 quality shots. Bam in the, at media day was like, "How about 18 quality shots?" We're like, "All right, raise the stakes, Bam." And then you looked at those numbers and you had and, and you had a good stat. Yeah, uh, in 20, 30 games in which he's taken at least field goal, uh, fifteen field goal attempts, the Heat are twenty and ten. That's a pretty convincing sign that Bam needs to be more aggressive offensively. But then you take it up to Bam's own level of production, eighteen. That's the benchmark that he wanted to reach. Twelve and five in seventeen games, including tonight's win over Boston. Twelve and five in those games in which he's taken at least eighteen field goal attempts. That's phenomenal. That just shows that Miami's best chance might be when this version of Bam is unlocked and consistent yeah. and taking those shots. And, and that's, they, I mean, uh, unbelievable performance. They knew it. They said, like, we go as far as Bam takes us. And that stat is a perfect illustration of that point. Um, really quick, just uh, the, the two-man game between him and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero getting trapped at the end there, which sort of led to that Bam mid-range jumper that basically sealed the game for Miami. That two-man game was so important. It was something that Spo, Bam, and Tyler all talked about uh, afterwards. Um, just talking about how you know the Celtics were giving them some different looks defensively that they had a hard time sort of figuring out. But as the game went on, Spo was actually getting into Bam and Tyler saying, hey, you guys need to get this two-man game working because we're not going to win this game unless this pick and roll is happening for us. And Bam and Tyler figured it out. And I, I'm telling you, I love when I hear stuff like that because – Bam's what, 25, Tyler's 23, recently 23. Yep. That's the future of the Miami. It's the present. It's also the future of the Miami Heat. And now that, that they've been working together for four years now, and Bam talked about this, they've been working together four years, building up this chemistry. You're starting to really see it. And Bam made this point, and it was a very good one, and it's worth uh, uh, talking about. The fact that they're not only building that chemistry, but executing yes. on that chemistry in the most important moments of big games says a lot about where those two are going to go and where those two could potentially take the Miami heat. So I, 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 I love seeing Bam like that. That's a great stat that you have. You love seeing Tyler hero, despite not having a great game, making yeah. huge plays at the end, the steal that basically won the heat, the game took away Boston's last possession. Um, uh, and, and then that was it. Miami. You mentioned, you mentioned the trapping of Tyler. He struggled yeah. offensively. Kyle struggled. Most of Miami's roster struggled. Do you think that was by design? Cause I don't know that I, I saw anything specific. And again, Robert Williams doing a pretty solid job defensively on trying to limit what Adebayo could do. Yeah. So I don't think they were trying to just force somebody to beat them. Like without Jimmy Butler, you could say, let's shut down the perimeter play and force Miami to kill us on the inside. And Bam rose to the challenge. I don't. I don't know if that was by design or not. And I didn't sit I in. They just sort of Celtics. They, they weren't. They weren't doubling. They weren't sending two to Tyler every time he came off a screen. But it was sometimes. So Boston, they're as good as any team in the NBA defensively, mixing things up and showing good players different looks. And they yeah. showed Tyler different looks. And in that moment, I get it. That's been the scouting report on Tyler for two years now. Is at the end of games in crunch time, trap him. He's going to make a mistake. And instead of making a mistake, he made the the perfect pass to Bam Adebayo for the game winner. And so yeah. that's that's growth right there. Tyler Hero is going to get credit cookies. Bam had a bio we know is going to get credit cookies. Who else gets credit cookies? That's what we're going to talk about next here on Locked on Heat. But first, David, tell listeners about our sponsor. 
Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's right, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Look, the NFL Conference Championships are on this weekend. I know you've got your picks there. This is the time to place an easy wager and make a little money on the side there, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make sure you use that, .com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked on Heat is also available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, so please do subscribe, and thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. It's a heat win, which means it's time to get in the kitchen, whip up some credit cookies. David, what kind of cookies are we handing out tonight? Oh, man, you know, I, I, I've given this zero thought. Like, I was so excited just about the whole performance from Adebayo. I didn't think about what cookie to award here, but something, I don't know, something like a, a double chocolate funk or, some, chocolate I, I, or something I, like I, that. Bam talked about loving the blacklist. He was asked this. He was asked a question at the end of the, the TV show. The, yeah, correct. The blacklist, the TV show with uh, uh, Spader. Sp- James uh, Spader. Yeah, James Spader. Um, and um, <laughs> the voice of Ultron in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just so you know. I'm glad I know that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> useful information for me. Um, <laughs> so uh, he was talking about um, I, somebody asked him how he's going to reward himself, which was a strange question in a press conference, but it was asked. It is. And, it is. Um, and Bam said, and Bam gave it some thought and he said, well, I'm on TV right now. So <laughs> what I can tell you is that <laughs> uh, I'm going to get something to eat and I'm probably going to watch one episode of The Blacklist and then I'm going to get some sleep. So that's boring. That's a boring that. celebration there, but it's perfectly well, aligned with only, everything. That's, yeah, it's only the stuff that he told that he was willing to say on TV. So maybe there's some other whatever. Um you mentioned some sort of double chocolate chip, so a blacklist chocolate is is dark and co- I so we could go blacklist cookies is what we're going to call them. I don't know. Do they do they eat a specific cookie in The Blacklist? I've never seen an episode of it. Bam Adebayo is apparently a season behind The Blacklist. So he doesn't want any spoilers. So people listen to this. Do not tweet any spoilers to Bam Adebayo. He'll be very upset with you. Um, oh, Celtics fans are going to watch this now. And they're going to tweet every plot line from every episode of James the Spada. James Spada. <laughs> this is what James Spada does. Um, I don't know what that accent was, but it's, it's, I appreciate it. You're supposed it. to be Bostonian, but I guess not. All right. So we're going to give out <laughs> 10 blacklist cookies is what we're going to call them. Um, right. This gets fine with us. Five I think that's fair. Like, just like, again, the the growth within the context of the game. There were moments there where Williams got him. You know, like, Williams, the strong defender, long, even with, you know, the injury that he missed the game against Orlando. He set out that one, knowing that he was going to have to play tonight. And you could see early on he had that energy. Uh, he was a big part of why Miami, I'm sorry, Boston was able to build that 14-point lead along with the incredible offense of Jason Tatum. And you think to yourself, oh, this is another matchup now where Bam might retreat from the moment. He might not be able to live up to the expectations that we and a lot of Heat fans have put on him. 
Instead, he recognized what it took. Like he got to his spots. He was very consistent and just was able to let it fly. Took Williams out. Uh, the two-man game was there. The passing to get him open looks in the interior. The aggression. I, you can't say enough about his performance, but five might be underselling it a little bit. Yeah. And at the same time, still pre- pretty deserving, I think. Two steals and a block also. He, he was creating points in transition. Bam Adebayo really does take it onto himself to create those transitions. Every time you ask Bam, what are they, what are the, what do you guys got to do offensively to get started? It all begins with our defense. He always says it, repeats it. It all, all starts right. with getting stops and getting those transition opportunities. And Bam isn't just like pointing to like Jimmy or Victor or, or Caleb. Hey, go get some steals. Yeah. He's saying like he takes it onto, onto himself to go ahead and just create those transition opportunities. He did that tonight. Again, two steals on a block. I, I Look, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I kind of feel like all of those steals and blocks led to points on the other end. Like um, he took 22 shots. Do I care that I took him 22 shots to score 30 points? No, I don't. I don't care. All I care about is that Bam was aggressive and he stepped up on national TV to beat a team. But like, look, the Heat should have beaten the Boston Celtics tonight. They were without a lot of guys and they were short they, uh, and they were on the second night of a back-to-back. But it was also a weird first half for Miami. They couldn't miss three-point range to start the game, and then they missed like 11 straight three-pointers, and they couldn't hit a shot. Everything was short, and it was just like, all right, the wheels have come off. This one, just flush this one down the toilet. It's over, and then bam, and give credit to some of these other guys that we're about to talk about, stepped up. The other guy, Tyler Hero, we already talked about him, just sort of figuring it out as the game went on. Not a great stat line, nine points on 19 shots, two rebounds, had six assists, closed the game, made the game-winning steal and the game-winning pass to Bam Adebayo. That stuff to me matters. Yeah. It matters enough to get one cookie. I think that's fair. I think that's fair too. I, I look, he he was at least trying to be productive out there, recognizing that his shot wasn't falling. And, and look, I liked this aggression from him. He, he was consistent. You know, this is who Bam, I'm sorry, who Tyler is. Like he's going to continue to take those shots, and eventually they fell when Miami was closing that gap in the fourth quarter. So you have to give him credit. He had a big three-point shot, uh, a little floater in the lane, and that big steal, all key plays there to help Miami seal the victory. And so, uh, you know, it's a concern in that you want to see the the, uh, unlocked version of Tyler against a defense that's keyed to stopping him and trapping him, as you pointed out earlier. And you want to be able to see that because you don't want that playbook being out there in the playoffs as far as what to do against Tyler and he, he wants to be able to dispel that myth and, and and the hope is that he can I think he can I'm not sure why again a lot of those shots were wide open regardless of the pressure that Boston was putting on him there were wide open shots that were not falling for whatever reason and he still you know true to himself he was confident enough to take those shots when they mattered late in the game uh, and and they came up big you called it a myth I, I, I don't know if I, I don't think it was a myth last year that if you trap him it, it is problematic, but it is not as true anymore this season. I, I and I and you got to credit for the development there. Um, the other guy is Haywood Highsmith. I'm gonna go ahead and give him three blacklist cookies here because what a game from him, man! Like I'll, I'll just start with the box score as we do here: 15 points and 10 rebounds. So he's with a double double. Went four to four from three point range, which is <laughs> for the Miami. Like that's like going 15 to 15 from three point range. It's insane. Um, he was awesome. And he closed the game for the Heat over Caleb Martin, over Kyle Lowry. Like, it was Haywood Highsmith, who was sometimes not even playing. Sometimes a DNPCD, when the Heat are fully healthy with Jimmy Butler, sometimes he's not even in the rotation. 
And for him to come in and play 30 minutes tonight and register a 15 and 10 double double and be there in the most important minutes. We talked about the 15 0 run. Haywood got it started. Haywood got it started with a with a three-pointer and then another three-pointer from the corner. So two straight three-pointers got it going. Then it was Tyler Hero cutting the lead to two with a floater. And then it was a it was Bam with that with the defensive play that led to the dunk. Bam again with the mid-range basket. And then Tyler Hero again with three-pointer. That's your 15-0 run. Haywood Highsmith right in there with Bam and Tyler, Miami's two best players that were on the court tonight. That that says a lot. And, and what he was able to do defensively beyond the box score, Spoh said yes. this after the game. He's like, if he didn't score a point, it still would have been a phenomenal game for Haywood Highsmith. I agree. But he scored a lot of points too. So it's even a phenomenal game for Haywood Highsmith. Uh, three cookies. Yeah. Uh, nine points in the fourth quarter with those three-point yes. shots of his. I have a soft spot for role players, always have. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, not fans of Haywood's game. And, and look, there were moments earlier in the season where you could tell his confidence was shot. He just didn't find his rhythm. And then slowly, whether he made some kind of self-awareness re- resolution or, re- you know, kind of something he had to figure out what it took for him in order to contribute. Like, he 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 has committed to that, like bringing the ball up, making plays, pushing the pace, locking down on defense. You talked about the defensive effort. Incredible. Like, he was really good Moments at challenging Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yes. Yes. Those were big shots. So, look, uh, even the comparison to P.J. Tucker is an apt one. Uh, it's one that uh, I asked him about recently. And I, I think it's fair. I think we could see a very P.J. Tucker light and hope that maybe there's a growth pattern for him where he can become even more consistent and even better on offense than what PJ Tucker was. And that's a, you know, that bar is pretty low, but if he can continue to set it and push that, that, that would be great. And again, it can contribute to winning. He is part of Miami's rotation, especially if Caleb Martin continues to struggle. Um, you mentioned the PJ Tucker comp and I was talking to Haywood this morning and, and I wasn't even asking him anything about PJ Tucker, like not even like anything relevant to PJ Tucker. And he just brought up PJ Tucker and how much film yes. he still watches. On Tucker. It's same. It's so funny. He really does embody that. Um, just really quick before we move off of Haywood, Bam Adebayo in the fourth quarter, nine points and eight rebounds. Haywood Highsmith in that fourth quarter, nine points and five rebounds. Boom. All right. Fantastic. Well, we gave Bam five, Tyler one, Haywood Highsmith three. That means we've got nine credit cookies. Who else? Who else? We have one credit cookie left. Who could we give it to? David, we're going to do something new here. We're going to give one of the hosts a credit cookie. That's right. We're going to give one of the hosts a credit cookie tonight. And congratulations, David. You are the first Locked On Heat host ever to receive a credit cookie. Um, And I'll tell you why. Because if we were going to do Blame Pie tonight, and for a moment and for a long while, it looked like we were going to be doing Blame Pie tonight, I was already prepared to give myself a heaping slice of Blame Pie, be the first ever Locked On host to receive Blame Pie. I tweeted something about the, that the, the heat three-point shooting yeah the three-point shooting was insane it was the only reason the heat were still in the game and as soon as i tweeted that the heat went on to miss their next 11 three-point attempts which is just funny that's a crazy they were doing that in spite of me like there's no other reason for that uh but then you texted me and then once you texted me the heat went on that 15-0 run so i think you deserve a credit cookie for that because I, I think I- that matters I, look, I, I love, uh, first of all, it's an incredible honor. And I'd like to thank my supporting cast for getting me here. It's been an incredible journey. And uh, I've, I've worked really hard, you know, heat culture all the way. 
uh having said all that yeah look you know it's all part of the fun and superstitions of watching games or you watch something and you, you think you're you're part of the moment right and all of a sudden something you sit in a different spot or you, you grab a different snack or something happens and all of a sudden a run ignites or conversely as you pointed out you send out an ill-advised tweet and next thing you know everybody goes cold from the three-point line so i am glad to take the credit for miami's 15-0 run yeah, you just texted me blame pie slices that you had ready to go, and then you and then yeah. after the 15-0 run, so including was, one for you. Yes, one was, for you. was it just one for me? Yes. Okay. All right, that's fair. Um, I yeah. can't give you for that. The old, the, old reverse, like you... the old reverse jinx. Congratulations. Uh, thank you to everybody who uh, voted on our Twitter poll. You gave seventy-eight uh, percent of you said Bam deserved the most uh, credit cookies tonight. Uh, David, unfortunately, you were not an option because we were surprising people with this uh, new wrinkle to the cookie <laughs> mix. But um, we got a few more game notes. Haywood Highsmith, we're not done talking about him. He was part of that closing lineup along with Gabe Vincent. Some interesting absences that we'll talk about later. Plus, Bam Adebayo, this mid-range stuff. What's the next stage for Bam Adebayo? We're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Heat. Reach Locked on Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us, LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Some quick uh, lingering game notes that we didn't get a chance to get to already. So the Heat closed this game with Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Haywood Highsmith, and Bam Adebayo. So Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin started this game. They were available. Did not close this game. Rough night for Caleb, as you mentioned earlier. One of five overall. Kyle Lowry was one of seven overall. Caleb was a minus seven. Kyle was a minus ten. So it wasn't their best nights. And because of that, Spo was like, all right, I don't care if you're starters. I don't care that you've been here for a while. I don't care that you're Kyle Lowry and you're a future Hall of Famer. I'm benching you at the end of the game. We're going with Gabe, Tyler, Max, Haywood, Bam. Um, and they they pushed that 15-0 run. They took that 92-87 to lead uh, with three minutes left in the game. And then it was that group that also closed out that game. Um, do you make anything of, of Spo going with that group uh, as a closing lineup, or do you just sort of chalk it up as, hey, you just do what you got to do to win the game? I Yeah, the latter, obviously, but at the same time, like, you know, that's not something that's easy for a coach, you know, to make that those kind of decisions. With Caleb, yes, more than with Kyle, but recognizing, look, this is the lineup that is most effective right now, I, I give credit to to Spo for that. I, you know, I, I could share my credit cookie with him because he recognized the right lineup out there that was – that was gutsy of him to put the right personnel out there in order to steal the victory and 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 the the right choice with goes with that set. Uh Jimmy Butler was a late scratch in the game. Um would not surprise me if the Heat got fined again for this one. Because mm. weird. Uh Jimmy Butler was li not listed on the injury report, always available, always available, always available. Pre-game media session, talking to Spo, no mention of Jimmy Butler. Available, available. He's gonna start available. And then a few minutes before tip off not going to play now if it were not a nationally televised game on tnt maybe the heat get away with this one but i do think that the front the the nba office is going to have some questions and spo was asked about this after the game and he said yeah you know in shoot around we sort of noticed that his back was tightening up and stuff like that and it's like all right well then if that's true why was he not listed on the injury report in the afternoon right. why was this not a conversation why like so as we know, the Heat have gotten fined in the past for their injury report uh, skirting and and sort of, uh, um, I don't know, kind of feels misdirections. 
I guess yeah. is a polite way to put it. Uh, Listing the whole team on the injury report. You think that counts as a legit I, way I of conducting business? If, if the Heat get fined again for their injury report shenanigans, Jimmy Butler will be listed as probable on the injury report for like the next month. <laughs> It'll just be, he'll just be on it with some made up like injury, just like a headache or something. Um, all right. So Lingering that, toe oh, cramp. Toe cramp. Um, all right. Let's get to some questions. This one comes from David who writes in, are you concerned about Caleb Martin? We talked about the closing lineup. Caleb, not a part of it. Are you concerned? Yeah, I think he just hasn't shown the same pluckiness uh, ever uh, since he came back from injury, and it's been somewhat problematic. And and look, it's uh, I, you pointed out when we were talking about it before the show, you know, uh, the wear and tear of having to defend bigger players, and that's a, a really good point. And and it's also something that's been something we've seen from him even last season. You know, he he did struggle later in the season after showing a lot of energy and a lot of promise early on. He kind of tapered off a little bit. It wasn't quite as steady a contributor during the playoffs. He had a role in the rotation, but that was minimized because he just wasn't as effective. And I wonder if this is just the way he trends, you know, because he's so athletic, because he pushes himself so hard. And again, because he's defending these much larger players, if this is just the way that he is going to continue to, you know, this is his, the, the things that he does over the course of the regular season, if they're just going to sap his ability to be as athletic, as explosive, and to make those kind of impacts. Like a lot of those shots are just completely flat. Yeah. Uh, don't sure. have any, yeah, no, not, no yeah. hops towards the rim. Yeah, I, with, I don't know. With a it's, decent amount of rest between games too, right? And so, yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. Look, you're asking this six five player to guard up. He, he's in there battling with rebound. Like in the first quarter, I thought he actually, his best play of the game, I thought was just, keeping Robert Williams off the boards on, on this for, for an offensive rebound chance in the first quarter. I was like, wow, Caleb really muscling Robert Williams around. That takes a lot of effort, man. Like that is hard stuff to do in November, December, January of a regular season. And it wears on you. So the right. fact that he's doing that, it's tough concern for Caleb long-term. No short-term. Yes. I think that this all-star break is going to be very beneficial to him. Yes. Uh, yes. If you want to, the way that Haywood is playing lately, do you want to give Caleb a couple of nights off? I, I think that that might be useful for him. Maybe yeah. that's something you do more after the all-star break since we have it coming up. But Look, um, I, I would suggest, like, I honestly, not to interrupt you, but I, I think, you know, you've got two days off before you take on Orlando on Friday. If Highsmith is going to be complaining at this level, he's got the starting nod before, put him in as a starter, give Caleb the night off. You don't have to play again until, what, Sunday? So I, I think – you know, that's that's five days of rest where he could really use it and so he can continue to be an impact player over the next month before the All-Star break. It's something that they have to monitor, and you make a great point. You don't want this being a thing in the postseason, right? Like, it's almost like you need to put him on the Jimmy Butler schedule a little bit where it's like, yeah, man, maybe you're only – maybe you're playing less than 70 games in a season. Like, because it also tells me this, that he's not a power forward, and, and I think Caleb Martin has done an awesome job doing the best he can at power forward, and Miami's starting lineup is a – it's, it, it's a great starting lineup according to net rating and it works. And Caleb yeah. Martin is a very big part of that. But long-term, if you want this guy to be healthy and be a productive player for you in this franchise, he's not a four. And I'm not, and I'm not, like, this is not something that the Miami front office does not know, right? They don't, they'd prefer not to have to play him at the four. I actually think he'd be great as a two because he's, he's arguably most effective, like lo locking up other ball handlers and guards and stuff like that. So right. long-term, right. you got to sort of move him in that direction. Right now, I understand why he's playing the four. But in this instance, when he is doing that, you're going to have to manage these minutes and maybe give him nights off every once in a while. And, and the Haywood Highsmith thing as a development is a big one. 
Last question. No one's traveling. No one's traveling 4,500 miles to see Caleb Vard. So uh, I think it works out. Give Shout out to the 4,000 miles kid. Showed up tonight wanting to see Jimmy Butler. The TNT broadcast captured it. He was distraught Sad. when informed that Jimmy Butler was a late scratch for tonight. Uh, the Miami Heat. Shout out to them. Gave him a signed jersey and a basketball. Um, uh, I think he was taking photos with Gabe Vincent during the game or, or at halftime or something. And yep. then uh, and then I saw 4,000 Miles Kid outside the Heat locker room taking pictures with Gabe Martin. Uh, <laughs> so um, shout out to 4,000 Miles Kid. I'll tell you this. The jersey's cool. The basketball's cool. It's the best that you could do in the moment. Obviously, I don't think the Heat knew that this that 4,000 Miles Kid was going to be coming 4,000 Miles to, to see Jimmy Butler that night. <laughs> Uh, but nothing. If you flew four thousand miles to see Jimmy Butler, you want to see Jimmy Butler. The signed jersey, the basketball, all that, and the photo ops with the role players are cool. But at some no, point, I think it's better. I think it's better. Like, it, like if he had just put up the sign and seen Jimmy put up what eighteen and nine or whatever, like that, that's fine. That's what he came but, for. Yeah, I guess. But hey, man, like he was what eight and nine years the, old. Yeah, years I guess old? the sign didn't say like score fifty for me, Jimmy. No, I I get it, but like, man, like that's 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 even better. Like he got he got a special special surprise. Out for another game. I don't know where he came. I don't know. There's a lot of places that are four thousand miles from Miami, but uh, bring him out to another game. Give him courtside. I want to. I want him. I want him to see Jimmy Butler. That's one. He was courtside with Gabe right at halftime. Like I'm sure I love, he got Gabe. I love Gabe Vincent. Sit him next to Flo Rida and, and uh, Flo Rida and David, David Portnoy was at the game too, which is like a negative. So I think that you wait all that Portnoy, Portnoy? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So that's like a negative. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta. It, it's sort of like I think one Portnoy. I think cancels out a flow rider. He's a Celtics fan, right? So. Portnoy is a very big Celtics fan. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it make it, it tracks right. Like that shouldn't be shocking. Um, <laughs> bring him out, give him courtside seats. Four thousand miles, kid. I hope we see you again. Last question comes from Sebastian. Is Bam heating up the mid-range to be more comfortable um, when he starts letting it fly from three? Uh, look, I think it's a good point. Yeah. Some, I think one of the, the hosts on this uh, this show made this point in the offseason. I'm pretty sure it was me, David. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, everybody's saying Bam's got to get a three-point shot. He's got to develop a three-pointer. he got to space the floor and all this stuff. And I kept saying, yeah, I agree. I think eventually he's going to have to take a couple of game and, and be – you know, credible from that range and believable. But to expect that from one season to the next, where he basically took zero in rhythm threes in the offense last year to start incorporating that as a regular part of his game. I told you it, it doesn't happen. Not for Bam, not for any basketball. It doesn't happen. You got to start with that mid range. You got to go 15 feet, 18, 20. And then you start to get to that three point range. Bam Adebayo is so much better as a, uh, as a mid range shooter. He's shooting plus 50%. Uh, over like the last couple of months now from 15 feet and, and in that area. So yeah, that's a big deal. I don't know that we could expect the three ball to be a thing even next year, but I, th I, I think that that shooting touch was a question and, and I think it was a fair one. Does he, does he really have shooting touch? I, he's a good free throw shooter always has been, but that's sort of a different thing. Um, I, I think this year he's proven that he has some sort of natural touch as long as he's yeah. putting in the reps and he's in rhythm. And he's comfortable in those spots. I think eventually we'll see Bam incorporate a three-point shot from certain spots on the court. I don't think he'll ever be Carl Anthony Towns from that distance, but I do think that eventually he'll he'll settle into some some pick and pop stuff in rhythm, 
And um, I don't know if it'll be next year. I don't know if it'll be the year after that, but I think at some point in his career, that'll be a thing. I agree. Uh, no notes there. I, th I think it's eventually something he'll incorporate. And he's shown, I think, the the touch. It's a good point by you because he has shown that he, he is a, a rhythm shooter now. So it's just a matter of him getting more comfortable and putting in those reps during the offseason and seeing whether or not he can continue to expand his range because I think we'll see it sooner rather than later. We've only got a couple more weeks until the NBA trade deadline, and you and I are preparing our list of dream trade targets that we want the Miami Heat to go for. That's going to be our next episode yeah. this week. Dream, but realistic also. We can't right. just yeah, say... Yeah, going to be like Giannis. It's going to be... <laughs> uh, most unrealistic dream target of any player in NBA history. Oh, any player in NBA history? Yeah. Oh, wow. Whew. I know I'm... I'm Throwing this at you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kim one. That's good. Yeah. I'll go Mario Chalmers. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first <laughs> every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. That'll do it for us tonight. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with our dream trade targets ahead of the NBA trade deadline. We've got a preview of the Orlando Magic game later in the week with Phil Rothman Reich. So make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube and wherever it is you get your podcast. In the meantime, David, thanks for joining me. Yeah, Luke Babbitt was right there. I'm surprised he didn't go with that. Should have.